Welcome to our weekly, and we mean weekly Wednesday night shir. And Okay. Shabbos Mevarchim, Chedish Tishrei. Um, practically speaking, Erev Rosh Hashanah. Towards the end of the days of Slichus. This year is, of course, the longest, as we know, the longest Slichus possible. When they have the full week of Slichus. Um, try to discuss a little bit of the Halachis of the halachas of Rosh Hashanah we will try to talk a little bit about davening Rosh Hashanah first stop and the most noticeable that will be it's a very exciting Tishrei for people it's a Tishrei that we don't say Vihinoyam Amat Shabbos, a few times, a few weeks running. A bit of a phenomenon. Sometimes we don't get it all. The Amtayim come out on Shabbos in such a way, so they don't really have that that Zdamlus. This year, however, we do have it. We have a Monday, Tuesday Yamtayim, Wednesday in Kippur. The laws of Inayam. The laws of Inayam are on Matzah Shabbos Kaidish, after Shmenesrei, Echatzi Kaddish is recited, and thereafter we say Inayam, Yeshiv Seser, and Vyata Kaddish. However, should it be a week that we don't work, we're not allowed to work one day, any given day of the week, if we a week that the one of the day of the week you will not be allowed to work, then Vihinayam will be omitted. So being that Rosh Hashanah will be a Monday and Tuesday, in two days in which you're not allowed to work. Therefore, we will not be saying Vihinayam. The following week, Matzah Shabbos, will be the Shabbos before Yom Kippur, which is on a Wednesday. Again, the middle of the week, a day of the week, one day of the work week that we cannot do any work. And again, we will omit Vihinayam in the following week. We will have Sukkis, and the week after Shemitah Tzadzim Therefore, we have four running weeks that we will not be saying Vihinayam, Yeshiv Seser, Yatha Kodesh. I hope you remember the Ivra when we get back on the regular schedule after Shabbos Bereshis. Matzah Shabbos then leads into Rosh Hashanah. Matzah Shabbos technically is Arab Rosh Hashanah. Wow. Another year. We have managed to Baruch Hashem complete 
We have managed to Baruch Hashem say that we've done hopefully what we needed to do. And we are ready after the Hachana, after the preparation of Chedish El to begin Mi'atza Hashem Abalino Leteva Tov Shin Ayin Tes. Teishnas, end of trouble. No? Doesn't sit with you? Tavshin Ayin Tes is an acronym for Teishnas, it should be a year, end of trouble. You can sit with that? Okay. Because I was going to say something else, but I didn't want to upset anybody in Atlanta. I was going to say Teishnas, end of taxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Our friends in the IRS would love me for that one. As is, they love me. Anyway, let us focus for a moment on Pashas Nitzavim. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm jumping. I, t- I set myself into tangents. Erev Hashanah, I'm continuing on with Erev Hashanah. The meaning of Israel is to go to a cave of a tzaddik. The graveside of a tzaddik, if you possibly can. The famous story has it of the Misnagid, the antagonist that came to Chassidish town. They were all Chassidim. And this Misnagid had to show them, he had to one-up them. And he davened Shmanesa longer than them, he said Shema longer than them. He, 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 his whole approach was to show how he was greater and better than they Anyway, time came, and the day went through, and he was, the way he ate, he ate very mitzumtzum, and he was very makbid on his brachis, and the way he washed his hands, the way, he was up show, showing them up on everything, showing the chassidim that he's one better than everyone. That night, he got a visit in his hotel room. Two Chassidim came in. And they both had axes in their hands. And they come above his bed and he looks up and he sees these two Chassidim standing there with his axe on the head. Over his head. And he says, well, what's this? They said, it's almost Rosh Hashanah. So, well, in Shulchan Aruch it says that Erev Rosh Hashanah you have to go to the grave of a tzaddik. Unfortunately for us, in our town, we don't have any tzaddikim buried here. Since you proved to us today that you are so righteous and such a tzaddik, we would be honored to come pray by your gravesite this Erev Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> but in order to do so, we have to make you a gravesite. Where's Milana? We have to make you a gravesite. So, that's why we're here. <coughs> Needless to say, the Misnagi jumped off his bed. And he started to pray and beg for forgiveness. 
he started to profess and to confess that all his sins, he started to say how kind of faker he is, how kind of fraud he is, etc., etc., etc. And when they got all his confessions out, they said, okay, now that we heard the truth, thank you. I guess you won't be the tzaddik for our city, after all. Every year, we read Atam Nitzavim. You see, again I did it. Back to the, what I was saying. How do I get into the tangent? I forget what I'm talking about. So we said that we go to the cave of a tzaddik and Rosh Hashanah. Another minig, which is very, very, very important, is Hataras Nidorim. Nullification of the vows. Hataras Nidorim is a very, very important issue. Mitzvah. It's done in a very, very intriguing fashion. Ten men are asked over by Mitzvah to sit down. And the eleventh man stands and he starts Shimon HaRabai Sayyidayana Mumchim. Shimon HaRabai Sayyidayana Mumchim Hear me please, Dayanim experts. And they start to enumerate all the things that he might have promised, all the Nidorim, the vows that he may have committed to. And he asks in this prayer that he be forgiven for all these things. And when he finishes, the ten people read the paragraph, Mutalach, Mutalach, Mutalach. And then he reads one more paragraph, to which again, the ten people answer again another paragraph. In essence, what the ten people are telling him is, just like we are doing this, we are nullifying your vows here below in this world, so too may the Almighty nullify all your vows above, and you should have a clean slate, and you should go into a good, happy new year. This is done, each one of the eleven of the eleven men, one stands at a time, and does this Ataras Nadarim. And then we get the battle cry. The women come screaming. Well, well, what about us? What about us? We know the B'nai Stavchar also screamed like that. Lama Nigara, what are we anywhere? That wasn't them. It was the uh, people that had to come to Pesach Sheni, Lama Nigara. But they also screamed in essence, why are we not getting the inheritance of our father? Why are we any worse? So again, the women want to know, what about us in coming to Ataras Nidaram? Generally, a woman, whether she be single or married, has somebody that can nullify their vows. A girl, a single girl, if her father hears her making any kind of promise, he can immediately nullify the promise. And the same a husband for a wife. What happens if a person's older, a woman is older, and she can't? She doesn't have a husband. She can't rely on that. What's usually done is you go, you don't have to have ten rabbis, you can only have three, and you go to a Three, a basin of three, and you tell one of the three the vow that you want nullified. The other two don't have to know it. 
and the third one, and this one that knows it, will then announce to the other two, I know of the vow, nobody, not everybody else, no, nobody else needs to know anything, I know what the vow is, we, as a Bezin, are going to nullify this vow, we're going to make her exempt of this vow. And then all they have to say really is, mutalach, mutalach, mutalach. So, for the women, we also have a solution for those who need to have a vow that they had take, undertaken something that they decided to do. It could even be on Hagateva. It could even be a good thing and a good action that they're doing. And they decided now they uh, don't want to do it anymore. But they did it three times. And because they did it three times, it becomes a Chazaka. And therefore, it needs to be nullified before they continue on. Taras Nadarim, Slichus on Erev Rosh Hashanah, which is of course before Shachris, is ex- substantially longer than the other days. And of course needs to be said with a minion. The blowing of the Shefer, which we've been doing throughout the month of El every day, we do not blow Erev Rosh Hashanah. And that is to confuse the Sultan. To confuse the Sultan so that he does not interfere with Kiyah Shefer on Rosh Hashanah. And they tell us there are three major miracles that happen on Rosh Hashanah. One to the Jews, one to the Abishta, the Almighty, and one to the Sultan. The Jews have a miracle. On Rosh Hashanah, before the blowing of the Shefer, the paragraph, Lam Natseach, is recited seven times. And then we go on to the procedure of the rest of the blowing of, of the, of the brachas, etc. of the Shefer. Anyone? Careful. So the miracle the Jews have is they only have to say this chapter of Lam Natseach. Can you imagine if they have to say chapter 119 Kufi seven times? We'd be in shul all day. So that's the miracle the Jews have. The miracle that the Sultan has, interesting in his own way, the Sultan, when the Baltakea comes to blow the Shefer, tries to stop it. He tries to stuff up the Shefer that he shouldn't be able to blow. So he literally climbs into the Shefer. He'll do anything to stop a mitzvah. Goes to any extreme. No. We blow from the narrow side. So the open side is wider. Miracle that the Sultan has. Because if we would blow the wider side and you have to squeeze in through the small side, he'd never live. So that's the miracle the Sultan has. But the most important is the miracle that God has. Throughout davening, and actually this is something throughout the year that God says, but throughout Rosh Hashanah, one of the mainstay claims to fame that the Jews have is the 
Remember what happened with Avraham Avinu. Remember what happened with our father Abraham where he took his son on your behest and went to bring him as a sacrifice. And we constantly remind Hashem about this. And we constantly take credit for it. And we constantly practically badger God for it. Well, we do all this and guess what? Avram did not kill Yitzchak. So without killing Yitzchak, this is how much we pray and how much we badger God about it. Could you imagine if Avram would have killed Yitzchak, how much we'd be screaming? So he has a miracle that he didn't kill him. It didn't make sense to you? Sorry. It's a lousy joke. Um, oops, the chalas are all rolling all over the place. I'd like to add during this year, actually, in case you hear any background noise, Baruch Hashem, my wife had a beautiful challah bake today. Several women showed up here to bake challah. And then they all merited to go to 770 and to go into the Rebbe's room. And God will schusam. And Shemala Hashem Komishal is Libom. Hashem should answer all their prayers. And all our prayers, of course. But as they stood in front of the Rebbe's room, all the prayers that they prayed should be answered. For Rafuas, Yeshuas, Shaduchim, whatever it might be. Okay, so we now go into the do not blow the shefer, Rosh Hashanah. Davening is otherwise regular. We do not say Tachman by Mincha, obviously. And then Rosh Hashanah at night is Maidiv. And by the Sudha Rosh Hashanah, we have the different Minhagim of dipping the apple in the honey, of the other fruits. We don't necessarily make the Shekhyanas on Friday on the first night, not as important as the second night. We dip the apple in the honey prior to washing, so we make a bracha separately. Excuse me. Dip the apple in the honey after we wash. After we wash. Bring a maksa, quick. And then, on the second night, when we make the shechianu, we look at, Rachel, don't put it down in the water. Put it on top of that one. We look at the Shekhyano that's on the table, because we had made a Shekhyano the night before. This one is definitely not going to have it. Yeah. Okay, first night the beginning of the meal. At the beginning of the meal, the chedah after we wash. If you find one of the ones that have English, it'll tell you differently. Let us focus a little bit on Atam Nitzav Mayim Kulchem. Nitzavim is always read before Rosh Hashanah. This implies, of course, Nitzavim is addressing the theme of Rosh Hashanah. That said, we need to find what is the connection between the themes? How is it that Nitzavim allows us to actually prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah? In the first words of, Rosh, of Atam Nitzavim Ayim Kulchem, 
It's Zatim Tzom Yim Kuchem Ifnei Hashem Alekeichem Rasheichem Shivteichem Zikneichem Shetreichem Kedosh Yisrael And it goes on Tabchem Nesheichem Gercha Shevkere Bachanecha Mechaita Veitzach Hashem Mechal Avrecha Nevris Hashem Alekeichem To bring you all to the covenant of God Your God So the first few psukim of the Pasha which is almost half the Pasha because a very small Pasha mentions how everyone from the most important to the water carriers, who are quite important, stood united, all of you together. Kulchem. Why? What are we getting at here? What is it needed for? Correct. Okay, the beginning. <coughs> it's the beginning of the meal, like I said. So the first night we would wash first, then we would eat the apple and honey after that. Whereas the pre-Chodosh, the Shechiyana, we would make on the second night before washing because we made the Shechiyana in Kiddush. We had in mind the fruit, so therefore we should eat the fruit. Okay. What is a covenant? What is the pact? The connection between two people. When two people, friends, are worried about their relationship and they're scared that God forbid it might go sour. Somewhere, something could happen. They make a pact between themselves. And this pact says we're going to be together forever. We're going to be us forever. No matter what happens. No matter what we learn about the other one. No matter what happens to the other one. Something that might cause other people to lose favor in their eyes about this person. But here, this will not happen between us. In essence, or essentially speaking, this is the theme of Rosh Hashanah we again renew our covenant with God. Between God and the Jewish people. Our Rosh Hashanah, when our love for God is so strong, and we've now done tshuva the whole month of El, we commit ourselves to God unconditionally. And we pray that God will enter us into the covenant with us. And commit Himself to us unconditionally. Even if later in that year it's not so obvious, something slips, something changes, something happens different, we know that it will remain back intact. We will stay together, always as one. This covenant of Rosh Hashanah requires all members of the Jewish nation to unite as one. Men, women, children, elders, converts, it doesn't matter. In order to evoke God's unconditional commitment to us, we need to behave in such a manner as well.
Therefore, this Shabbos is a hachana, is a, prepar- a preparation. As we said before, it's Shabbos Mevarchim Achedish Tishrei. It's the month that we bless Chedish Tishrei, but we ourselves do not make the blessing of the Chedish. We do not say the Hiratzin or anything else. Rather, Hakadosh Baruch Himself blesses the month. And the Alter Rebbe explains in the name of his teacher, the Magid, who heard it from the Baal Shem Tov. The seventh month of the year is the first month of the new year. And therefore, the Ebishter himself benches this month. It's the last month of the last Shabbos of the month of El. And therefore, in this Kayach, he blesses the Jews. 11 times of the year. The Jews do 11 times of the year, and with this strength that God blesses the month of Tishrei Himself, He gives us the strength to bless the rest of the months of the year on ourselves, on our own. What does Hashem say? He benches the month. How? This bracha is said in today's Pasha. Atem nitzovim hayoyim. I left that word downstairs. The word hayoyim is reference to Rosh Hashanah. The yoyim adin. It says, Vahi hayoyim, and Targumen says, Vahav hayoyim adin raba. It was a big day of judgment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu guarantees us that on Rosh Hashanah Atem Nitzavim you're going to stand, you're standing strong, staunchly, and you're going to be Zeich Abedin. You're going to merit to receive the proper judgment. This bracha that HaKadosh Baruch gives us is a generalization. And after the generalization comes the points, the pointers. Rasheichem, Shifteichem, Zikneichem, Shitreichem, Chetzesecha, Shevimecha. After the first general bracha, Atem, Nitzav, Mayoyim, Kulchem, Kulchem, all together, the Torah then enumerates each and every type. And everybody receives the bracha, the special bracha, coming to them. And all these brachas have one reason. To enter into this pact with God, making this pact, this unison, it's as if two people, as we said before, are cutting one, entering into a covenant together. And the Jew therefore needs to feel he and God are becoming one. What's the whole idea behind this? We need to take stock and we need to be able to form 
a vessel for the blessings of God. The blessings of God need to enter, therefore, the realm of the physical world. Not just enter it, but Gashmi, with tremendous plentitude. And we know the din of Rosh Hashanah is the main thing is we are judged on Rosh Hashanah for worldly things. And therefore Hashem's bracha comes on the worldly matters. Blessing who's that? Sorry, somebody decided to call. The blessings, the physical blessings of this world. We don't want everything to remain spiritual. We need things to come into the worldly fashion. The Mishnah Pekiyavis, Perek Aleph, Mishnah Yezayim, Lei Amedah She'ikha La'amaisa. Excuse me, Amaisa Wa'ikha. The actual action is the main point. Not the intentions or the thoughts or the, the preparations. The actual action is what you actually do. Has to get to a highest level possible. This is the main thing. Doing the mitzvahs. Therefore, the halach is that through the kavana itself, you can't be mekayim a mitzvah. I think of putting on tefillin, and I have all the intentions and all the spiritual greatest. I think of the highest levels of putting on tefillin, but I don't actually wrap them on my arm and my head. I didn't do it. I did not do the mitzvah. I take all the intentions, all the kavanas that are needed for the Dalad Minim, for the, for the Lulav, the Hadas, the Arava, and the Yasrik. And I think about all the holy, holy things that are accomplished by putting them together. Their unison, and what it does, and what it does for the world, what it does for me. But I don't take a Lulav and an Yasrik in my hand and shake it, make a Bracha. I was not yet to the Mitzvah. However, if I pick up a lulav and I make the bracha and I pick up an asik and I take the bracha and I shake it and I don't have any kind of spiritual thoughts about it. I take the tulan, I wrap on the tulan, I don't think about anything about the straps, about the wraps, about the tulan, the shayyad, the shadish. I don't think about anything, I just put it on, dab it. I'm still Yetzirah. I did the mitzvah. Therefore, doing Avedis Hashem the way it needs to be, especially when it comes to tshuva, this brings us to a level that we can now enter into a covenant with God. And not only that, but we can merit to receive the blessings of God, the blessings on the new, Isha, on the new year, the blessings for Rosh Hashanah, the Rish Chodesh of the month of Tishrei, which God Himself blesses. 
that what? That Zeichim Bedin, we are going to be merit to be judged properly, judged favorably, and therefore the Din will come out correct. Check my text. Okay, check text. So says message. Please stand by. The air conditioner is working. Um, is it okay to do it in front of three men? There are those that will say yes. Are we judged by the Abishnah twice on Rosh Hashanah because it's two days of Rosh Hashanah? It's one long day. It's a Yemarichta. And a simple nutshell answer. But definitely not something that I would undertake to start texting back and forth. <laughs> the month of Tishri therefore makes Hamasseva, Hamasbia, Berev, Tuv, the Chol Yisrael, or Chol Hashanah. Brought down the Hayyim Yem over there, Hashanah, that everything, all good, will be bestowed upon us. So simply speaking, we ask for a bracha, for Ksiva, Vachsima, Teva. Shana Teva Mesukah, till the main Teva, Teva Ikris Epnimius, which is the Geula Amitis Vashlema, the Mashiach Tikkenu, in a way of Nitzavim, like the Pasik says, Va'eilech Eschem Kememius, we will go standing straight, standing right, because of Mamish. I mentioned before, Hataras Nedarim. Nullification of the vows. We're preparing. It's Erev Rosh Hashanah. Now, let's not get mundane. There's a lot of food prepared for Rosh Hashanah. So yes, the women are in the kitchen. But don't put them down. The Rebbe was adamant, is adamant, that there be a pushka on the wall of the kitchen. Not on the wall only, on the beam, on the main beam that holds up the walls of the kitchen. Why? Why in the middle of the kitchen? Okay, put it away. Why so important? And the Rebbe explains very beautifully, very eloquently. Women stand in the kitchen. They're mixing a pot. They're stirring, they're putting together ingredients, adding ingredients, not taking out ingredients, obviously. It'd be a little funny. Well, there's sometimes you pour a little bit too much pepper, you pull it off the top. Whatever. Um, and they're stirring their pots. What are they doing while they're stirring their pots? They're praying. In the most mundane fashion of a woman, she's praying (laughs) the food doesn't burn. She's praying the food tastes good. She's praying more than anything else that it gets eaten. Because no woman cooks 
to have it put on the table and put back in the fridge. The woman cooks, she wants it to be eaten. And another, even more importantly, there should be a bracha in the food, that there should be enough. I invite nine people, and eleven come. Oh no! I only made nine portions. What becomes of this? What becomes of us? What becomes of the meal? We have to sacrifice our own meals. We don't have to. Oddly enough, when the extra guests, the extra two guests show up, Hashem sees to it, because the woman davened, when she cooked, that all her guests should be satisfied. There is enough food for everyone. No. Question. Commonplace question. What do you do when you daven? You daven to Hashem. And you want to put this in, into, into, into fruition. You want this to go into fruition. You want to put the brach into motion. You give tzedakah. There's a saying that's used, a phrase, if somebody loses something, how to find it. There's And they say a certain prosik, and they say, and then they give tzedakah to Meir Balanes. So every prayer is followed up with tzedakah. No. There's a woman's cooking, and whatever she's cooking, she's constantly praying. She needs to have a pushka near her hand, so she can put tzedakah right away. Therefore, they ever said, in a very logical manner, every kitchen should have a pushka incoming. The Meir Balanes. Why the Meir Balanes? It has the, the, the phrase have to have. have has something to do with him, apparently. Every person should have a pushka that goes to him. Anyway, the kitchen, therefore, needs a pushka because a woman prays, and the woman is constantly praying, and therefore, she has to give tzedakah. Let's go back to Atara Sundar. The man, on the other hand, tells his boss he can't work today, or he's got to go home early. He has to prepare for a shana. He needs to prepare himself. I hear you, my kind. I hear you. Midvas, What are you preparing yourself with? Let us go to the shul in the morning. And we see the Eden doing Ataras Nadarim. What preparation does that have to Rosh Hashanah? A person made a vow and he's to be nullified now. We find conflicting opinions from our sages. One says, Vows are beautiful. 
The Mishnah Pirkeyavis, Perik Gimel, Mishnah Yud Gimel, Chapter 3, Ver, Mishnah 13. A, what is a vow? It's Siog Laprishus. It gives us a border to do separation, that we shouldn't fall into doing something we shouldn't do. And therefore, it helps the person in his Aveda, in his service to God, and elevates everything he does. On the other side, on the flip side, the Yemari Yashalmi, Nidarim, Perik Tesalach Aleph, and the Yemari says, ask the question, it's not enough for you. Masha Asrach Ha'atera, the Tera prohibited. You're coming and bringing other things on top of you even more. You're committing, you're v- making a vow, you're promising to do something else that you, that's not already in your list. You're fasting an extra day because you feel you did a sin of some sort, they are undertaking to fast, or, or any other mitzvah that you take on, any other vow that you decide to do. So one side says that the vows are amazing because they help the person through to separate themselves and to avoid doing averes. The other side that we find the Yerushalmi that says, don't make promises to things you don't, you, don't, you have enough things that, that keep you busy. Don't make vows and promises for more. Elamai, the truth is that the sages are talking about two different people. We have a person that's in a little bit of a tizzy. And physical things, the physical world, tends to send him reeling. And it sends him from, unfortunately, down one step to onto the other. Ultimately, making him do things that are literally prohibitive. That person needs to separate from anything that's extra in his life. But something's hard, because he's so entrenched in it. Therefore he makes a vow. When you, can, you cannot refrain, you cannot restrain yourself from doing this Avedis, by vowing, by promising, you'll be able to help you through it. And therefore he makes something that might be permissible, totally prohibitive to him. If it's prohibitive to me, then I'm obviously going to separate from it. And thereby be able to elevate myself higher and higher. Let's go the other way around. The person that's not spiraling down, but rather the person that's constantly working and rising up higher and higher. And he's not falling into any physical traps of the world. He cannot make promises. On him it says, There's enough already the Tera gave you. The essence of the world's creation that the person should purify, sanctify, 
make holy the physical essences of the world and turn them into Kedusha for Avedis Hashem. Therefore, it's prohibited for any Jew to separate from the world, but rather needs to find No, no, no. All different vowels. Read it in English. You see all different vowels. Therefore, we know the secret of Ataras Nadarim, the source. Each and every Jew has the strength to elevate themselves from the physical realm of the world and to use it, to utilize it in a way. to the service of God. But we don't always have that, we don't always see it. We don't always feel that we're so spiritual, that we're so great. And therefore, Therefore, the person themselves needs to sometimes dig in and reach into their essence, to reach into their greatness, into their own inner strength, and face head on the worldly temptations. This person can sometimes have to make a promise, a vow. It helps them get through the the hardships. When this person comes before the sage, for the Chalkum, and the Chalkum says, I matter your nether, I am nullifying it, what the man is in essence saying is, the nether you made was not necessarily the right thing to say. Because the truth is, Mr. Yes, the vow was made for precious to separate. But I have more faith in you. I have more confidence in you. And I have, I have a feeling that you can overcome this without the vow. You're great enough. But you didn't find this in you. You needed to dig deeper. You need to find where your boundaries are. And therefore this person, this Chacham, reveals to the man where the person's strengths and his strengths are at. And how to bring them about into fruition. And therefore you don't need to promise. Just the opposite. 
you should be working on this very physical concept that might become a sin and make it into a, into a positive. So the spiritual concept The spirit, just the the spiritual, spiritual concept of the nedarim of being matanedar, is dafke er Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is known as Zeh Hayoyim Tchilus Masachu. We say in davening, this is the day that you begin. This is a day, a time that we renew everything, that the creation is renewed. A preparation to this, to this new world. We need to purify and to elevate everything. World is divided in three things. In Yari Kedusha, holy things. Divir Shus, things that are permissible. In Yari Isr, things that are prohibited. Most things of the creation are things that are permissible. They're not necessarily holy, and they're not prohibited. And this is what the person needs to do to involve themselves on a worldly basis, on a daily basis. And needs to take them, to elevate them, and sanctify them. And automatically, therefore, in Erev Rosh when it's in our hands to actually do this, to fix the world, we need to involve ourselves in elevating and in, and in repairing the actual physical things that may be done in the world. Therefore, we the Masakim Erev Shana, they established Erev Shana Vataras Nedarim. Vataras Nedarim tells the person, you don't need to make a vow. You have it. You can do this. You can overcome this on your own. Take what's in your hand, take it by the horns, and make the best of it. And this is preparing the world for for the preparation for the beginning, once again, which is Rosh Hashanah. And that's why one of the reasons it has to be with Asara, has to be with ten. It's preferable with ten because when you do it with a minion, it's different. But it could be done with three. In the davening, we say in Rosh Hashanah, we've become one Aguda. One group. To do the work of God with a full heart. We united together so we could do the work of God in the full heart. This Aguda, this gathering together, it's the only one, the only possible way that we could make it happen that there'd be a Metsias, that it should actually exist. 
and should continue to exist. On the other side, on the other hand, all other agudas unite unisons uni- when they come together, unite a unison between people. It's not real. When a group of people band together to do something, this is not considered true unity. They get together for a, for a cause. They band together. But everyone has their own agenda. Everyone has their own opinion, decision. So they're not really tying one hand in hand. And therefore, since their opinions in other things are not at all the same, since they're not all the same, therefore, they do not have a true unison. More than that. More than that. Even that time itself, this goal itself, this project in itself, that they undertook to do together. Like we said before, everyone has their own reason for it. And they're separated one from the other. They're not emotionally attached together. So it's not a real aguda. Therefore, it says when it says in the Tera, and the Mishnah tells us, "Bekiyavis Perikei Mishnah Yezayin." There was a machlekes Kerach v'chol adosay. Kerach and his whole Ada, his whole group. But it wasn't the machlekes between Kerach and his Ada. Machlekes really was between Kerach and Moshe. So why didn't say Kerach and his Ada? Because the gathering of Kerach and his people was not real gathering. They did not really band together properly. Each one had their own agenda. Each one had their own thing that they wanted to get from this. Their machlekes, each one had their own. So amongst themselves, Kerach and his people, there was fighting. So even when we talk about the mice of the pale, the people that they got together, what they ultimately accomplished, because they were together, it's not real. Because everyone had their own, uh, own reason for doing this. 
and therefore ultimately they break up. It falls apart. We see this clearly, that the unity, the many unities that come together, that looked like they're definitely going to exist forever, in the end they turned into Machlechus, and they didn't see eye to eye, and they fell apart. What is an ultimate unity when we talk about Aguda and it comes to Teir and Mitzvahs? Teir and Mitzvahs reveals the panemius of the Neshama, the essence of our soul, of each and every Jew. And it attaches the Jews, the souls, one with another. We become attached by the soul is the strongest connection we could ever possibly have. And as Dr. Rebbe explains in Tanya, even though they are gufim mechulokim, they are different bodies, the nefesh and the ruach, the soul and the spirit, are in sync one with the other, all together, and is one father for them all. And they're called literally brothers because of their soul, their ultimate root in God Himself. Eitzayutza, a good idea to unite in these worldly things in order to go into such a thing of Teda Mitzvah's in order to see to it that it has a kiyum, ayin finaguda, person needs to also see to it that they take all godly connections that he could possibly get and put them together. But we ask again, we don't want to be separated from God. It's not possible. Not our part and not God's part. The Friedrich Rebbe said in the name of the Alter Rebbe, Aid Niterken Niterviel, sorry, Niterviel Niterken, Sayyid Abgrissim Fungatlachayt. A Jew, not he wants and not he's capable of tearing himself away from godliness. Sometimes, unfortunately, we see a Jew that's not doing the right thing. Pridaschem, they are being pirud between the Jews, one Jew and another Jew. When the Jews stand in Achtus, in unison, Yeshnam Shnei Nefoshes Halikiyas, Kineged Nefesh Bahamas Achas. Mitla Rebbe says, two Nefesh Halikiyas against one Nefesh Bahamas, and therefore they can always conquer. By knowing this, Jews are never alone. Achas so much more so. Kol Bnei Yisrael Ayachad, Yasu Kula Magud Achas, and through this last and the explanation of it's hard for me to see you going apart and not our separation, not God and the Jews but the separation between the Jews themselves is because the Jews belong to God and God belongs is one with the Jews and it's not possible for the Jews to leave God Elamai, what could happen that you between yourselves God forbid are separated and this God says, Kashalai Pridatschem, because and therefore I am asking and requesting throughout the month now of Tishrei that we reunite, that we stay together, 
Kulam Agudechos, and because we say we ask God to do it, we ask He should rule over them, rule over the nation. Now we then for say Melech Akolaretz, we finish finalize the bracha, and we say that we definitely are sure that you will be our king, you will accept our coronation, and this year we will hear the shefa from. Mashiach Tzidkenu himself in Yerushalayim Yerakedesh before Rosh Hashanah even Ksiva Mechsima Teva to all Shana Teva Mezukah and Shabbat Shalom